This is another episode of the Reading Instruction Show. I am your host, Dr. Andy Johnson. Today we are talking about sight words and scope and sequence charts. Let's start with sight words. Sight words are the words that students recognize instantly or on sight without having to use letter cues, word parts, or context clues. Now these words can be found on lists of most common words that include the 100 to 200 words that students will encounter most often in print. These words are comprised mostly of function words. That is, they have little or no lexical meaning, such as pronouns and prepositions, and instead express a grammatical or structural relationship with other words. Content words, on the other hand, are words that carry meaning by themselves, such as nouns and verbs and adjectives. Now, as described in an earlier podcast, our eyes tend to fixate on content words when we read and skip over the function words. Nonetheless, it's important to give these function words or sight words some attention at the emergent and beginning levels. Now, there are several most common word lists, such as Dolch and Fry and Zeno. It does not really matter which one you use. They're kind of all the same. Dolch contains the 220 words, Fry 100, and Zeno, the most common 107 words. The 107 words, let me say it better, that students will most likely encounter in a text. Now, attention to sight words should be a part of a reading instruction or intervention for students at the first grade level or below who are struggling with word identification. Now, there are three reasons to attend to sight words. First, recognizing words instantly frees up cognitive space that can be allotted to creating meaning with print. Second, Words stored in long-term memory can be used to help students recognize and identify words in print with similar letter patterns. And third, having a large store of sight words enhances reading fluency. Now, the approach you use to attend to sight words should be systematic. Systematic means that there's a general plan for introducing the words, as well as some sort of documentation that occurs when each word is introduced. Also, the date when students' mastery of each word is documented. Now, to do this, use a simple checklist of some sort. To document when each word is introduced, simply put the date in front of it. Now, you can keep a similar checklist for each student in a three-ring binder. Use this to record the date when you notice that the student is able to recognize each word. This is a form of very direct assessment as you are directly observing authentic reading behaviors. You can do this type of assessment with three students a day and within two weeks, you would have very direct assessment with 30 students. 
Now, let me describe four quasi-meaning-based sight word activities. Now, sight word activities of any kind should be brief and briskly, briskly paced and as enjoyable as possible. Games, art projects, and other activities can be used to reinforce these words. Do an internet search using the term sight word games or sight word activities. This will provide an abundance of ideas. Now, four quasi-meaning activities that you may not encounter in an online search are described here. These activities can be designed using paper, poster, or whiteboard. However, I like using a PowerPoint because this enables you to move through them quickly and use color to highlight target sight words. Now, in a meaning-based approach to reading instruction or interventions, we want to limit those instances where students encounter individual words out of context. This is because we never see words without some sort of context of some sort. Now, this is true even of sight words. So, in the activities here, the sight words are all found in the context of sentences. Besides reinforcing sight words, the sentences can be designed to reinforce target letter patterns. Okay, now you can also design sight word sentences and activities based on books that students are reading, current event, students' lives and experience, or things that students are learning in other curriculum areas. Now, the first activity is called sight word sentences. These are the steps for designing sight word sentences. Number one, or first, introduce three to eight target sight words. Quickly present these using a list or flashcards or a PowerPoint slide. Go through the target words several times until some degree of fluency has been achieved. And yes, the words are presented in isolation here. We can limit these types of encounters with words, but never totally eliminate them. Next, create a paper sight word strip with the target sight words printed on them. When working with individual students on a computer, this paper strip is laid in front of the monitor. When working with groups of students, each student or pair of students should have a sight word strip in front of them. Then, next, show students a sentence that contains one or more of the target sight words. Read the sentence together. When students see a target sight word, they should point to it on their sentence strip. Finally, show the sentence with the target words highlighted and ask the students to read the sentence until fluency is achieved. Now, during an instruction or intervention session, use five to more than, no more than 10 sentences each of which has at least one target sight word. This activity should be briskly placed, lasts only two to eight minutes in duration. Short periods in which students are actively engaged are always more productive for learning than are longer periods of passive exposure. And in this activity, students read together and they point their 
physically involved. That's what Orton Gillingham would call multi-sensory instruction. They see, they hear, they do. Okay? Sight word sentences. That's the first one. Second one is called sight word inquiry. Sight word inquiry invites students to look for sight words in the context of a book. Now, first, create a simple tally sheet with some or all of the target sight words on top. In inquiry learning, this is called a data retrieval sheet. Each student is given one of these. Then give students a book that they have read. This book is reviewed by the student and tally marks are used to indicate each encounter with one of the sight words. They see a sight word, they put a tally mark in the column underneath it. Next, to make this a math activity, and we're talking with emergent students, students make a bar graph showing the number of sight words. This can be used as an inquiry project. Inquiry learning is a pedagogical strategy in which students ask a question and then use data to answer the question. The question here would be, what is the most common sight word in? Insert book title here. This is also one of the ways to teach the process of science at early levels. Science is, or scientific method is simply asking a question and using data to answer that question. And that's exactly what this does. Now for early readers, sight word graphs may need to be a group activity using a big book. It can also be done as a guided reading activity in small groups. Sight word inquiry. The third one is a sight word maze. For this activity, you cre create simple maze sentences using two of the target sight words. Now, a sight word maze or a maze sentence again is a sentence in which one word, uh, one word, there's a target in which there are two possible words and only one of which is correct. All right. So you create these sentences in which the maze uh, target words are the sight words. Students then read the sentence and select the correct word based on the context of the sentence. Now, the advantage of using maze sentences is that they develop the semantic cueing system as you are reinforcing sight words. The fourth one is close with a word box. Here you design simple close sentences in which one of the target wor uh, sight words is in the closed sentence. To provide scaffolding, you will include an answer box with three to six of the target sight words. You could also use sentence strips for the target sight words. Now, when doing close and maze activities, you'll often hear students rereading the sentence to see if they can make sense of it. This is metacognition. This is a mature reading behavior that should be recognized and reinforced. Now, let's say just a little bit about the scope and sequence charts. I call them scope and nonsense charts. Scope and sequence charts are designed to tell teachers what skills to teach, that's the scope, and in what sequence or order, that's the sequence part. The thinking is that if children put all these reading substills together in the same order, 
they will someday be able to read. This represents Humpty Dumpty in approach, the Humpty Dumpty approach to reading instruction that has children putting all these little subskill pieces together. There's no valid research showing that this approach is more effective than a meaning-based approach in helping children to create meaning with print. Scope and sequence charts can be useful in giving you a sense of the kinds of things you might teach early on, as well as the types of letter patterns you might ask students to begin to notice. However, they are simply not reliable enough to be used in a prescriptive fashion. The Humpty Dumptyans would try to enforce mastery of all these variations to children. A meaning-based teacher would ask children to notice the patterns within the text they are reading. So, where does that leave us? Sight words are something to attend to at the emergent and beginning levels. Sight words might also be part of a reading intervention for struggling early readers. But scope and sequence charts? Use them only to provide a sense of what letter sounds you might teach early on and what letter patterns you might ask students to notice. They should not be a roadmap to reading instruction or interventions.